The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. And make sure to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Monday evening, May 2nd, currently 535 on the East Coast. Here to talk some more NBA playoffs. We'll get into the two game twos on Tuesday evening and break down the series a little more here. But joining me, he's back after a busy, busy week. My main man on the East Coast, it's Zach Broner. Zach, how you doing this Monday afternoon, my man? Great, bro. Good to be back. Yeah, I had a miss last week, but we were just talking offline that yesterday's uh, Warriors-Grizzlies game felt like kind of one of the – probably the best game of the year so far. Hopefully we get many more like it, but yeah. great round one. Both the, both the series that kicked off yesterday look uh, – you know, were very interesting. We'll talk about game – we're almost – I know we're going to talk about the series a little bit. Mm-hmm. You get the information from game one, and we'll see, you know, doesn't seem like many changes in those lines for game two, which is – I guess, uh, you know, it makes sense. I, I think we, we, we there's going to be cases to make for both sides, and it's smart not to overreact, so we'll get yeah. into it. But fun games tonight as well. I know you and uh, Terrell had a big show today, and I think I saw you go on the big uh, big gambling podcast also. Yeah, we did the uh, NBA pod this morning. Uh, you know, the NBA pod's a little more in-depth on and breaking down the series and talking X's, X's and O's and things like that. But, yeah, we got on with Sean and Ryan to uh, get their takes on what's been going on. They, they needed to bring in the uh, the expert NBA handicapper, so he uh, brought me and uh, Terrell on. Or they brought us on, and we talked a little more hoops. But it's always fun talking to hoops, especially this time of year, man, uh, NBA playoffs. Uh, I did have a question for you before we uh, talk about round two. Were you surprised to see – uh, zero game sevens in round one. Um, no, um, I, I don't know. It's, I guess it's easier to say that afterwards. Uh, yeah. I think d- during it, I was, I mean, it seemed like, I guess what that new Orleans, that they kind of picked up a lot of momentum. I think we saw the suns, like they kind of faced a little bit of it there. I obviously them closing it out. Um, I don't know which, which series, I guess beforehand, I, I guess also net Celtics kind of became a dud. Yeah. Right. The yeah. Hawks didn't really like show, mm-hmm. um, you know, Toronto, they almost got it there. New Orleans almost got it there. And then I think mm-hmm. Memphis, Minnesota was pretty even um, Utah to the tough exit for them. Obviously, yeah. uh, you know, we'll have all off season to talk about that. But yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was a, I guess there was no truly great series, but there were a lot of individually great games across all the series that kind of kept the entertainment value up. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought the, I don't, I think if Devin Booker wasn't going to be back or didn't, wouldn't have come back for game six, I think that series probably would have gone seven, but they found a way to get it done between uh, the Pelicans and the Suns. Um, and then I thought Memphis and Minnesota, I think that one had a good chance to at least get to a game seven, but again, Minnesota fumbled another double-digit lead in that game yeah. six. That when I got into game seven, but uh, credit Memphis for not giving up, man. Uh, they've been, uh, you know, they haven't laid down again. They didn't lay down at least against the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, despite all the big leads that the Minnesota did have in those games. But yeah, round one in the books. We're here for round two. We had two games that uh, tipped off yesterday for round two between the. 
Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, we can touch on uh, that game here first uh, here, Zach. I want to get your thoughts on what you kind of saw from game one between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. Uh, Milwaukee gets the victory in game one on the road. They go on to win 101-89 behind a triple-double, a huge triple-double from Giannis. I think he had 24-13 and 12 in that game. But what are your kind of takeaways um, for that game? And then we'll, we'll talk about that series a little more. But at least for game one, what was your thoughts? Yeah, my, my thoughts were I feel like this was a game where Milwaukee finally flipped, flipped the switch that we've kind of been per, like waiting for all year. Um, in terms of in the past, they've been known as this team. You know, they have Giannis, Brooke Lopez, this ultimate rim protection, the ability to play Giannis at center, mm-hmm. Drew Holiday, perimeter defender. I think we used to have more questions about the Bucks on the offensive end. Like, remember when they couldn't score in the Brooklyn Nets yeah. uh, in the playoffs yeah. last year, and then they uh-huh. finally figured it out. This year in the regular season, they became like an offensive juggernaut, and they weren't phenomenal on the defensive end. And I think they kind of recommitted here in this game one against Boston, and this was kind of a – we're going to flip the switch. We're going to get back to that mentality. The Bucks didn't play well offensively. Like I thought, yeah. you know, Giannis had a couple big highlights and he did well as a passer, mm-hmm. but like, you know, they only scored 101 points of their own. I think Giannis was what, like 10, 10 of 25 in this game. Uh, yeah. Nine of 25. Um, and so like the Bucks didn't really come in with this like high powered, like, um, high power, like spreading the floor with Grayson Allen type thing that maybe we kind of assume would be their adjustment. It was more so just locking up on the defensive end and Boston kind of has to figure it out from here on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it was a rough shooting night for both teams, especially Boston. I mean, they got up 53 pointers in that game and they were only able to knock down 18 of them. I mean, if you told me that the Boston Celtics were going to knock down six more three point shots than the Milwaukee Bucks, I would assume they would have won the game, but Overall, from the floor, uh, Zach, they were only 28 of 84. They only shot 33% in this game. And you kind of take a look at the numbers, at least from their superstars, uh, from Jason uh, Tatum and Jalen Brown. Six of 18 from the floor for Jason Tatum. He finished the game with 21 points. Um, and then Jalen Brown was only four of 13 from the floor, only finished with 12 points. And, you know, I think if Boston, um, and I guess you can kind of elaborate on this as well, I feel like that for both Jason Tatum and more so Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's going to have to be a 20-plus point scorer every single night for the Boston Celtics if they're going to make a run at, into at least getting past the Milwaukee Bucks here and if they want a chance to get into the Eastern Conference Finals. But I think it really starts with him. And then, obviously, Marcus Smart, he had um, he had a rough shooting night as well. He had 3 of 11. But we saw him, you know, leave with an injury, and then he was a little gimpy as the game was kind of getting over, limping back to the locker room. But... Yeah, for me, I think, and, and get your thoughts on this, but I think it's it's going to have to, it sounds kind of Captain Obvious, but it's really going to have to be those two guys supporting Jason Tatum. Yeah, I, I mean, for Boston, like, well, what did you think of the of them taking 53s? I feel like there's been kind of a narrative around that. They only got the two-point. Like, like, do you think that the, that the three-point, like, just bombing threes? Because it seemed like the, the Bucks are willing to let that happen. Yeah, and again, like we, we talked about, like during the to the the series preview that we did this morning, and then we talked about this on uh, with Sean and Ryan as well. Is that Milwaukee? We know they're the worst three point defending team, so those shots are going to be there, right? In the, in round one between Chicago and Milwaukee, Chicago doesn't really have the shooters to knock down those shots, right? If you kind of take about who their best three point shooters are, Zach Levine, Kobe White, maybe. I mean, those guys aren't really. I mean, they get up the volume, but they're not efficient three-point shooters, at least percentage-wise. 
Now you kind of fast forward. Those shots are going to be there all series long. It's just going to be a matter of them knocking them down uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. Like you said, they're willing to give them up. But again, Marcus Smart, for me, he's going to have to average at least three three-point shots made. Uh, those shots are going to be there. Again, it's going, to, it's going to be on the back of them just making those shots because, again, Derek White off the bench, three, point, three at three, uh, three-pointers attempted. He made two. And then Peyton Pritchard off the bench in 11 minutes, sec. He got up eight three-point shots and only made two of them. So the shots are going to be there. If they're going to knock yeah. them down, Milwaukee's going to have to make those adjustments. Yeah, and look, they I mean they, they shot thirty-six percent from three in this game. So yeah. like I, I like if this were a regular season game or something like that, I feel like I would be loving the, the getting up fifty-threes. And you know, this always ends up happening in the game one. We tend to overreact, and, and people are like, "Oh, the Celtics are you know they need to get more in the mid-range, etc." That's like the narrative that kind of, I guess, like shapes all discussion about basketball on Twitter nowadays with like yeah, analytics sure. versus the mid range. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the non, I mean, I, I enjoy a guy who can go get a bucket and there's definitely a value to it in the playoffs, but I didn't hate the Celtic shot diet. Um, to me. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 they also weren't like converting inside the paint. Right. I mean that, and that, Credit to that goes to Brooke Lopez and Giannis and Drew Holiday, how good they were on the defensive end. Um, and there was never – it didn't really feel like, you know, it didn't feel like Boston was maybe like, can you try to just like get the matchups um, on a Grayson Allen or something like that? Like the Bucks do such a good job of protecting the rim and showing help yeah. that 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 takes away like Tatum getting Grayson on an island and driving by him. Mm-hmm. It does open up, like you said, the open three for Derek White or Marcus Smart or Jalen Brown on the kickout after the, the Bucks help. Um, yeah. So, like, you know, Brooke Lopez and Giannis, they had uh, five blocks combined in this game, uh, contested plenty more at the rim, and that leads to, like, a 6 of 18 for Tatum and a 4 of 13 for, for Jalen Brown. So, yeah, like you said, the three-pointers, if they can shoot 36% from three on 50 attempts, you, know, you got to light that. They didn't get anything easy along with that. Um, yeah. So, like, if, you know, whatever that is, the 53s, that's, like, you know, over – over a point per possession. Um, yep. If you if you if you tap in a little bit, you know, a couple more of these layups and some easy buckets and transition or something like that, they could have a good offensive performance. But um, yeah, eighty nine points is not going to cut it. But I think the theme yep. of this series is definitely going to be a de- it's going to be a defensive series. It's going to be a little ugly, ugly. Like I, I you'll you'll probably see a little bit more points than this. So and I know we'll talk about the total for game two, but yeah, this this type of game is what I expect throughout. Yeah, I mean, Boston in all four quarters um, didn't have – or only in two quarters they scored exactly 24 points. They didn't have a quarter where they scored 24 or more points, where Milwaukee in that first half scored 56. So I think that was, you know, obviously from looking at a scoring standpoint, they won every single quarter to the Milwaukee Bucks for that third quarter. But, um, yeah, I like the point that you made there about maybe implementing more of a pick and roll or getting Grayson Allen or some of these weaker defenders of the Milwaukee Bucks in one-on-one situations – with Jason Tatum and even Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown really had a rough game. I mean, seven turnovers for him, uh, minus 12 in the plus-minus department. So I do expect him to bounce back in game two for the um, Boston Celtics. And, um, again, try to even up the series. Uh, anything else from this game, um, Zach? And then we can talk about the series, and then we'll get to the Golden State, and we'll handicap the game twos. But, Specifically, anything from game one uh, that you're, you wanted to point out before we get to the series predictions? Yeah, I, um, I mean, I think Javon Carter playing this well was huge for the Bucs. Yeah. Um, they got they got 22 minutes out of him, mm. 29 minutes out of Grayson Allen. Like, 
like you mentioned, and they, you know, Giannis only had to play 38 minutes in this game. Yeah. Um, and they, and they, they survived the non Giannis minutes. Uh, I guess they were plus 23 with him on the floor, minus 11 with him off. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, he was obviously phenomenal other than, the, you know, in, in the context of the game where no one was really playing well offensively. Um, he grinded his way to 24, 12 assists, which was obviously big for the Bucs. He was kind of been their, 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 their main creator in this game, and other guys played well off of him. So we'll see. I think. I mean, I, I expect I, – there's a reason why Boston is favored by four and a half in game two. Yeah. I think I, I put it like that. And this is definitely an interesting game, but don't want to overreact too much. Obviously – Game two is just massive for the for the, the the Celtics here, you know, to stay in it instead of going down 2-0 back to Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, even Giannis didn't have a huge or a great shooting out. He was nine of twenty five for the floor. That equates about thirty six percent. Missed five free throws as well. Um, so, kind of turning the page here and looking at the series overall, um, are the updated numbers right now for this series are um, the Milwaukee Bucks now favored. Uh, to win it by a price of minus one. Let me see here. Uh, minus 130. Boston Celtics plus 110. Um, how do you think the rest of the series kind of plays out for you? Does Boston have a chance of coming back or or winning this series? Or do you see Milwaukee getting to the Eastern Conference Finals? Um, I've, I mean, Bucks taking back game, game home court here is huge, obviously. I think I, I see this definitely going six or seven. Um, okay. I did have the Bucks going into this series. Um, I, I would probably stick with that pick, but I don't want to. I mean, I, I, the Celtics were scary coming out of that Nets series, and look, they they didn't play amazing in Game One, but they. I, I think I think they they still will have a a good chance to win this series and should go should go six or seven. And you know, look the the Bucks got kind of their defense was so good that. I think people aren't talking about the other side of the offense where they missed Chris Middleton and they didn't really yeah. put up a great offensive performance either. So mm-hmm. the Celtics, you know, could put up a bit, bit more points. Um, and at the same time, Milwaukee, um, you know, that offensive performance might not be there every single game. Yeah. I mean, we also kind of go back and look in game one at the rebounding edge that the Milwaukee Bucks did have. They had, uh, they out rebounded them by six. Um, and then looking at points inside the paint, I think that's kind of a, a big thing here as well. Uh, plus 14 for the Milwaukee Bucks. They, uh, Boston Celtics only did have 20 points inside the paint uh, in game one. Um, yeah, I kind of I agree with you there, Zach. I think this series does get to six or seven games. Wouldn't be surprised if we have a 3-3 series with game seven in Boston. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go Boston in seven here. Um, I think this, this is going to be a really, like you said, it's going to be a dogfight. Uh, we're probably going to see these low-scoring games between these two squads because, again, we might either see bad shot making like we did in, in game one, or it's going to be a dogfight where these two defenses kind of step up every single game. And we see like 94 to 90, 99, 95 type of finals um, or all these final scores uh, between these two teams. Um, anything else for the series overall, Zach, before we uh, flip the page and get over to the Warriors in Memphis? No, but I, I... Nothing, nothing left in the series other than that. Um, I, th- I feel like there's a lot of Giannis best player in the NBA talk that is going to be part of the series and, and the discourse around it. We already kind of saw in game one, yeah, burbling up, you know, Chris Middleton's out team that just dispatched KD and Kyrie. Uh, there's a bit, it's a really big uh, upside series for Giannis. I feel like, I mean, yeah, I mean, like we've talked about this a lot that he has, he has the ring. He has the finals MVP. He has a defensive player of the year. He has a regular season 
MVP award, multiple awards. At what point do you talk about if he is able to get another, I don't know, let's say he gets another ring, maybe not this year, maybe in the future sometime. He's still young. At what point do we start talking about he's one of the top five, top 10 players of all time if he's, he gets in that conversation? I, I mean, the resume's there. The resume's yeah. there. So, yeah. yeah. All right, let's do this. Let's take a quick break here. We'll come back and then we'll talk about uh, game one between the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors. We're brought to you by WinBet. Make sure to get down on Win's Bet $10, Win $200 promotion, where a $10 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus, the WinBet Casino is offering 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. And of course, don't forget to get involved in their same game parlays with Win's own Build Your Own Bet feature. All users can receive a free $20 bet when they win, lose, or push on a three or more leg Build your own bet parlay between Thursday through Saturday. Players can take advantage of the offers on the NBA playoffs. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started today. Offers up to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older or present in the state of where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also brought to you by Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there and I use it for mine. It's a game changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper too by playing their new over under game. It's super simple. First in any sport, choose two or more basketball players or baseball players and pick their over under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only, only app where I can join my buddies' contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with a tap of a button. It's, it's, it's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Make sure to use promo code SGPNBA and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper, then use promo code SGPNBA when you deposit. Join SGPN squad to bet with the guys. It's at sg.pn slash squad. Once again, sg.pn slash squad. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, coming off of the break here, Zach, uh, game one between the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Warriors squeak out the victory. And now what I mean squeak by, they squeaked it out. Uh, 117-116. Clay Thompson at the end had an opportunity to at least put this, uh, uh, the Warriors up by three points, uh, but he missed both free throws. John Moran at the end there uh, missed the game-winning layup. Give play a lot of credit there. Uh, but overall, this game was uh, probably one of the best, if not the best, sack uh, in the playoffs so far. That third quarter, I mean, these two teams were going just shot for shot, uh, knocking down three-point shots and, and just elite shot making. But Warriors get the victory. They're up uh, 1-0 in this series. Takeaway from this game, Zach, in game one, what, what kind of stuck out to you here? 
It's funny. I'm, I was just I was just cracking up during the ad break and stuff because when you were talking about Giannis, I thought you were going to be like, "Yeah, he's the best player in the NBA." And then I was just like, "Okay, ready, for, ready." And then you go, he's one of the five best players of all time. <laughs> I'm not saying I disagree. I, I don't. I don't really know too you know, you know enough to say authoritatively on the all time stuff. No, not yet. But I mean, no, like, it's fun. It was just funny. I, I, yeah. I, I, it could very well be true. I was just taking it back. Yeah, and it was just funny. Um. This series, I mean, yeah, that game one yesterday was amazing. Um, I kind of felt like with this series, something that something that I thought stuck to me with this series, that I thought Memphis, being in the situation that they are mm-hmm. and how they're ahead of schedule with their seating and kind of being in this position, I thought that the Minnesota matchup for them psychologically was like kind of a bad spot for them. Um, like being the they're a young team that's there for basically the first time. Um but they kind of had the expectations of like dispatching a young upstart team, but th- those teams are kind of similar, right? I mean, Mi- Minnesota very well could have had a similar type of year in Memphis, Memphis. We probably expected them to do what Minnesota did, um, you know, be that kind of scrappy back half team. And then I thought Mi- Minnesota like wasn't afraid of the Grizzlies and they were in a favorite role and I, it was tougher than they clearly struggled with it. They, they, they kind of pulled away in games late, but they were getting jumped on early. I thought, I thought with this matchup, the Grizzlies have been great in this matchup in the past few years just between these two teams playing each other, and they get to have that young underdog mentality like that they are more comfortable in all season. You know, oh, John Morant's injured. We're going to go 20 and two without John Morant. We're going to keep winning every single game, even though no one respects us. That kind of energy with what they feed off of. And so I like this matchup for them from that standpoint. Uh, not not that, that that like determines anything, but um, – <laughs> You know, I thought that Memphis came out with that. Uh, and to me, the big one of the big changes in this game was Draymond going out. I yeah. thought Memphis relaxed a little bit, you know, coming out of the second half. And the Warriors then were playing, you know, with that free energy, kind of like this game kind of reminded me, the second half kind of reminded me of that game six between the Rockets and the Warriors mm-hmm. um, when when KD went out and Clay was out, or Clay was still in. Uh, yeah. But Steph, whatever, I'm sure that game uh, means a lot to you. Um, Thanks for bringing that up. Hey, no problem, bro. <laughs> but like you just saw Steph and Jordan Poole just gunning, and the Grizzlies. It, it's going to be tough for them because they played well in this game. I think there's you know nothing to hang their heads at from the performance, just the yeah. the narrative of Draymond going out and the Warriors taking back home court here. Huge win for the Warriors. Once they went up like eight or ten, it felt like when Draymond went out, they were okay losing this game, you know, settling into the series. But mm-hmm. um, going up eight or ten to close it out, um, even though they almost fumbled this game away late. Um, and then for the Grizzlies to now be in this 0-1 hole. But what do you think? I mean, I, I think the big uh, the big takeaway I've been seeing from this game is that Ja Moran and Jaron Jackson aren't going to play this well offensively again. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, like, Ja Morant has not been shooting the ball efficiently. Let me clear and, and emphasize that he hasn't been very efficient from the floor in, in round one and in, in game two, as or sorry, game one against the Warriors as well. Um but he stepped up in that fourth quarter when it's mattered the most. And I think sometimes that's what all that matters for your best player. If he's having, you know, a bad three and a half quarters, you know, we saw the first two shots that he put up in game one were three point shots and he, and he made them, you know, he had a clutch three pointer down the stretch in the fourth quarter as well. So, you know, he, he stepped up in the moments that, you know, stars where they step up. And I think that you're right for me, what I'm kind of hesitant on about this Memphis Grizzlies team is that what's going to happen when it comes to a game where all of your players are not shooting the ball well, right? There's been a different guy that's kind of stepped up in every single game, especially in round one for the Memphis Grizzlies. But against, it's a different animal when you're going up against Golden State Warriors team. They're a veteran team. 
Um, and they have guys, you know, say Steph's not having a great shooting night. Okay, you got Clay Thompson. Clay's not having a good night. All right, you still have Jordan Poole and uh, you still have Steph, right? So there's guys, and it. I think this was a prime example last night uh, in game one that Clay didn't have a great shooting night. If you kind of look at the numbers, yeah, he was six of 19 from the floor. He did get up, what, 20 something points in this game? Um, sorry, he only had 15 in this game. So, and then Steph, he knocked down some clutch three-pointers in that third quarter uh, where they kind of were, you know, creating some separation. But again, he was only 5 of 12 from the three-point uh, line. He was 8 of 20 overall. Jordan Poole was the guy for them last night, 12 of 20 from the floor, 5 of 10 from three-point land, almost recorded a triple-double for them. So there's guys on this Warriors team. Again, and the one guy I, I want to talk to you about briefly, we get to here in a second, when, you, when we talk about underrated players, and you're you're you do a great job of pointing this out. Was Gary Payton the second for the Golden State Warriors in the starting lineup yesterday? But for me, from Memphis, I think Jaron Jackson is definitely going to have a better series than he did in game one. Or sorry, in round one against the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think he matches up better with the Golden State Warriors than he did against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And if he's able to stay out of foul trouble, Zach, I think that's only going to be a, a huge advantage for the Memphis Grizzlies. But I think that, again, this is a must-win situation in game two for them because you don't want to go down 0-2 against this Golden State Warriors team. And then now you have to win four out of the five next games against this Warriors team to win uh, win this series. But um, Warrior, what else do you have for this game? I, I want to also touch on Gary Payton here. Uh, he was absolutely phenomenal for them for them uh, defensively in this game. Yeah, we can, we can talk about that. I mean, they basically closed the game with Gary Payton and Clay Thompson at center, like or as their front court, uh, yeah. or Gary Payton and Andrew Wiggins, like he, they're playing Gary or Andrew Wiggins at center, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and his athleticism and his hunger just to make extra plays. He was so good, um, you know, t- tapping out offensive rebounds in this game. He had six rebounds, um, had a steal and a block. Um, and just he was just great. He, fit, he also like does a really good job. He catches the ball in weird spots under the rim when he gets when people like double off him. And he's a very good finisher, um, mm-hmm. four or five, like makes some tough layups and dunks. Obviously, had that huge poster to start the game. So yeah, his athleticism was huge. I think I I didn't love that. I don't know the, the the decision to who they start between Peyton, Poole, Looney, and like I guess Wiggins at this point. It's not easy. Um, yeah. Like. So I, I I thought there was really no right answer. Like if you start pool, um, then you kind of don't, you don't get to bring that offensive pop off the bench, which he provided. And it was amazing, obviously yeah. um, starting Peyton. It, um, it, it worked out well in this game. He only ended up playing 23 minutes, but closed the game even over Looney. Um, I think for the Warriors, yeah, uh, like they have a lot of, I guess, yeah, kind of like offense, defense type lineup choices. Uh, they yeah. can go with the all offense lineup, um, which – it had a, it was amazing in those first couple games against the Nuggets when they were popping off, but we haven't really seen them get back to that being like that looking, you know, like a prime Warriors 2015 death line type situation. Yeah. Speaking of that, I mean, I Kuminga and Otto Porter, they were both okay in this game. Like mm-hmm. it would be really nice for them to get Iguodala healthy to have another yeah. tr- to have a trusted wing. Like you could basically play Iguodala in in the place of both those guys, uh, and then really just have your pool or Payton and then Looney um, off the bench or something like that. But it would be not, it doesn't really seem like there's any positive update on him. We'll see about that. But um, he's obviously a phenomenal playoff piece. And then for the Grizzlies, I mean, I think Brooks and Bain will play better. Um, yeah, I thought both teams played well in this game. Uh, you know, similar to maybe Milwaukee, Boston, like neither team really played well. Um, so both teams can feel okay about that. Uh, here, I think both teams played well. Both teams can feel okay about it. But 
um, the Draymond ejection definitely means the yeah, narrative. Think, the narrative is tough for the Grizzlies to accept. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I think that uh, the point you brought up about uh, Iguodala, I think that if they did have him, he would have just filled in very nicely when Draymond Green yeah. did get ejected, right? And I think that Draymond was off to a kind of a rough start in that first half. He did have five turnovers before he got uh, ejected from the game, but all, uh, defensively, before he left the game in 17 minutes, he had three steals. He had one block. So, you know, he's going to be back for game two. There's no reason for him to be suspended or anything like that off of what kind of happened. But I think a lot of people, at least for the Draymond Green foul, should have been a flagger in one, two free throws for Memphis, and he could have been able to, you know, stay in the game. But, you know, it is what it is. They, they, they got the victory. They squeaked out the victory. They're up 1-0. Now you have game two going into uh, – uh, Tuesday night between these two squads for Memphis looking to even it up before they head back to uh, the West coast in California and San Francisco before they get to game three. But as far as the series, um, Zach, I do have the Warriors winning this series. I said that they would get it done in six, a huge one uh, game, one victory, but where were you at kind of with the series prior to game one? And who did you have advancing from these two teams? Yeah. Going into the, you know, the series, I was at, at Warriors in six or seven, I guess uh, I would, I would, I would say Warriors and six as of right now. I think I was very impressed by the Warriors in this game. Um, Steph and Clay, like how good Clay looks, especially. I mean, he didn't play that well, but he yeah. like he's basically he's not the same guy, especially with the, the the defensive aspect of it. But he's like very good player. And then you add you add the emergence of Jordan Poole as another guy who's like on that level, like a fringe all be all NBA type player. I mean, can we call him that at this point? But when he's on, at least. Yeah. Um, and so the odds that one of those guys is playing really well, and then you have Steph um, with Draymond, he's as good as ever. So this team is a is a bona fide contender in my eyes, and I know I know you've thought that all along. I feel like to me it was a little I, I had a tougher time kind of catching up on it, mm-hmm. um, and I think so far in these playoffs they look super dangerous. Suns have um, maybe fallen a bit, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how the narrative would shape up between those two teams. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, great, great win for the Warriors. Obviously, to steal home court without Draymond half, it's phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, for Steph and uh, the Splash Bros, Steph and Clay, they were combined 14 of 39 uh, in this game, and they only combined for 39 points. And I think that if you kind of blindly told me that that's what they did, I would have assumed that Golden State lost this game. Um, but again, give credit to Jordan Poole, like we've talked about. Uh, 31 points for them is absolutely huge. Um and they got contribution from Andrew Wiggins as well, right? He got he dropped 17 points. I, I wish that he's could become a better free throw shooter because he did miss three free throws in this game. But um, overall, I think a yeah, big game one victory for the Golden State Warriors um, as they kind of head into game two for this series. Um, Zach, everything else uh, for this series before we get into game twos for Tuesday night? Uh, no, let's do it. We can talk about the series more when we get to get to the game two handicap. Yeah. Uh, so let's do this. Let's take uh, another break here. We'll come back and then we'll discuss the Tuesday night games uh, between these two series. So we'll be right back after we hear from our sponsors. Ross, we're brought to you by Trade Coffee. Trade Coffee sent you freshly roasted beans from 60 of the country's best crafters, small businesses who pay farmers fair prices to sustainably source the greatest beans from around the world. Whether your friends call you a coffee snob or you know it when you when coffee tastes really perfect, 
Trades Real Coffee experts personally taste over 450 roasts so they know exactly what to recommend for you. Because the truth is what I might like and what you may like may be completely different and it probably is completely different. And you will like a selection of specific coffees that are different from anyone else's tastes. Just answer a couple questions and you'll get an own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as often as you like, no gimmicks. Trade delivers a bag of freshly roasted coffee as whole beans or grounded for however you brew it at home and they guarantee you'll love your first order or they'll replace it for free. So all you gotta do right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping. That's right, a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash SGP. Again, that's trade. Sorry, that's drinktrade.com slash SGP. There's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinkcoffee.com slash SGP and let trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's again, drinkcoffee.com slash SGP. That's drinktrade.com slash SGP for $30 off. And don't forget, Mother's Day is coming up. A trade subscription is perfect gift for the gift of the coffee lovers in your life. Roster brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your recovery, energy, focus, and aging, all the great things. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better quality and recovery and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five travel bags for free with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash SGP to take ownership over your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And last but not least, we're also brought to you by IP Vanish. Did you know that browsing online using Akigno incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That means that, that means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually, virtually invisible online. It's really that simple. And IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting 9 months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So, go to IPVanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% in savings. That's IPVanish.com SGP. Alright, coming off of the break, uh... Tuesday night, two games, Bucks and Celtics, like we discussed, and the Warriors and Grizzlies. Um, we'll start with the first game of the night here, Zach. This line opened up uh, between the Bucks and the Celtics right at minus four, minus four and a half. Currently, a total sitting at 215. 
Um, we'll have to check the status of Marcus Smart. I know he was a little gimpy, but I'm questionable. He's questionable. Yeah. Okay. Um, so definitely we'll, we'll, we'll check that again if you are betting this game on the Celtics, especially um, closer to game time or maybe an update tomorrow. But um, like we said, game one, Bucks get the victory, 101 89. Game two, Zach, do the Boston Celtics bounce back here? I don't know. I mean, I, I expect another really close game, and I think the four and a half with the Bucs is, is the play again. Uh, it wasn't game one, and it is getting game two. I expect a really close game here. Um, you know, low total here at 215. Uh, what was the total in game one? Around there? Or? Uh, I believe it was 218. 218, 218, 218 and a half. I think 218 was half, probably was a closing number. I do remember that, but they okay. just said it's 215 now. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, look, I. We, we talked about how close this series is going to be um, in that preview. And it doesn't feel, I mean, I, I, it just doesn't feel right for me to lay the four and a half with Boston here. So I'm going to go with Milwaukee. Um, but looking, looking forward to seeing this game and kind of both teams, I think are going to play better. And we'll, we'll see what that spells, but um, too many points here for, for Milwaukee who, you know, basically proven this is a coin flip type of game in Boston. Yeah, I feel like this line should be probably closer to like three. Um, you know, when it gets outside of two possession here, that's two possession. That makes me nervous. And, yep. you know, when we talk about teams that are down 0-1 and people or the public want to go out and bet Boston uh, in game two thinking they'll bounce back, which they might. But I think when you're going up against the defending champs where they've been, you know, battle tested and, I just want to kind of see what the adjustments of Boston Celtics make, especially on the offensive side of the basketball, because, you know, like we talked about, they got up 53 point shots. Now, are they going to do more pick and roll? And, and like you talked about getting, you know, Grayson Allen in a mismatch with against Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum or Pat Covington, guys like that. I'm going to attack the basket more, or they can continue to, you know, uh, putting up these three point shots. But I think kind of one way to look at this game is going to be, if you do like Boston, probably take them early. Um, I think that if they do respond and come out and play well, it's probably going to be in that first quarter or first half. And I do like Boston in the first half, uh, but overall for this game, I do kind of agree with you, Zach, that outside of two possession does make me nervous. If this was around minus three for the Boston Celtics. I would probably pull the plug on the Boston Celtics here. That four and a half, uh, you know, when Giannis, I think he's going to have a better shooting night. Like we said, he was on lane nine of 25 from the floor. Did get the triple-double, um, but I expect, you know, somebody else outside of Drew Holiday and Giannis to step up. And Grayson Allen, we haven't even talked about him. He's been absolutely phenomenal in the absence of uh, Chris Middleton, able to knock down uh, three-point shots and really take the pressure off of some of the other shooters for the Milwaukee Bucks team. But, um, yeah, plus four and a half for both of us here, Zach. Uh, what else uh, are you kind of looking at maybe from a player prop perspective or maybe kind of X's and O's and maybe a player to kind of maybe step up here for either side of this, uh, either side of these teams. Yeah, I, no, I like what you said about the, maybe taking the Celtics in the first quarter or the first half. Like, I think what's interesting is that we kind of said in our handicap of the series, when we were talking about game one is that like the Celtics just need to make shots. Uh, so I feel like that, and if that's the adjustment, right, there's no like, the, the spread should stay the same because they still have the same expected value on that three point shooting, like whether they're making shots or not. But I do think another aspect of that for another aspect where they can try to adjust is try to, you know, force some turnovers, like get out in transition, get easy buckets, get the ball rolling, get energy. Like once they went down, um, 
once they went down whatever eight or ten in this game and they were for the most of the second half it was just such a slog like they were just working so hard to get buckets in the half court when they could and the lead was kind of staying static because boston couldn't put together a run so yeah. hopefully they can you know get some turnovers dunks and get those layups uh, like that they didn't get in game one um player to watch i don't know i mean i think like it's our peyton pritchard Der- uh Derek white Grant Williams, Al Horford, like the people that are going to get up, going to get threes off of this, uh, off of Milwaukee's help. Like they have to knock those down. Al Horford yeah. got up nine threes in game one. So maybe, maybe a points over on him could be a good look. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he also played 36 in, the, in minutes in this game. I don't know what, have you seen any, uh, average type of numbers for Horford? Um, um, as far as the playoffs here, let me pull up his game log here. Then, uh, we can dissect that. Give me one second here, but yeah, you're right. He did get up. He was four of nine from three point. And I think that's really what it's going to take for, yeah, he had you know, 12, Boston. 12 points on 11 shots. So the, the usage yeah. was, was definitely right there. Uh, um, he's at 10 and a half on points. I, I do like that over, um, for yeah. Al Horford. Um, yeah. So if you're going to go back to, uh, round one against the, uh, Brooklyn Nets game one, 41 minutes, game two, 32 minutes, 28, and then 26. And he played 36 in uh, game one against the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. And 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 uh, the points number for him is at 10 and a half. He had yeah. got up 11 shots in game one. And those, I think those same shots are going to be there um, for him. O- you know, only went four of 11. And so that would be a, that would be a player out target. I mean, I, I think for Milwaukee, you're going to see the same stuff, which is trying to, you know, force Jalen and Jason to move the ball out of their hands. And sure. if you're Boston, you got to just keep taking those open looks. So Al Horford over 10 and a half um, will yeah. be a play. Yeah. I mean, look, all four of his makes were three point shots. And again, we talked about that Milwaukee is okay with giving up these, uh, these looks, these shooters. So um, yeah, definitely look out for Al Horford in this game as well. I think that the minutes and the usage is going to be there. Like uh, Zach talked about. So I'd like that play as well. Um, but, you know, one player probably that does kind of stick out to me for the Boston side is going to be Jalen Brown's three point shots. And, I, and I've kind of highlighted this before is that um, or his last 10 career games, Against the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, um, he's knocked down at least three in eight of those. So uh, right now, I see that two and a half for Jalen Brown. We we talked about the you know the three point shots are going to be there. So I think it's just a matter of him, you know, knocking them down. So I'm going to continue with that. He did have three in game one, but I think he's going to be a little more efficient in game two for uh, the Boston Celtics. So those two guys are kind of what we're looking at here for um, the Boston Celtics in game two as far as player props. Uh, anything else for this game uh, two between these two squads before we get to the next game, Zach? Uh, that is the last game, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, going, no, uh, no, 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 State no, no, no. For, for, for the bet, you're saying. Yeah. yeah, for the bet. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no. All right. So let's get over to the second game of the night. It's going to be the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies game two. Um, same line as game one. Uh, Warriors favored by two points. Uh, total did adjust a little bit here. It's up to 227 and a half. Game one, I believe it opened around 218 and closed at 224, but we saw a combined 233 points scored uh, in this game. Zach, um, game two here, I think this is a must-win for Memphis Grizzlies because you do not want to go down 0-2 against this Golden State Warriors veteran squad. They're not like the Minnesota Timberwolves. You're going to squander these leads, especially in game. But uh, what are your what are your handicap and what are you picking for here for game two between these two teams? Yeah, I was on Grizzly, the Grizzly game one, a hit, going to go back to them with plus two here. Um, I think, like you said, this is the type of game where you look back at that game one, um, 
Memphis out-rebounded, uh, or Golden State out-rebounded Memphis by four in that game. And I think Memphis is going to look back at that scouting report or, and say, how do we not punish them more for playing so small? Mm-hmm. Um, like M- Memphis is a team that also wants to go small at times too, but they look good with the Jaron and Brandon Clark minutes together. I think the memo for them this game is like, we saw it with, with Denver in game five, is just try to overwhelm uh, Golden State inside, be the more physical team. You know, try to get to the rim like we saw Aaron Gordon playing phenomenal in that game. Um, I would try to kind of copy that game plan here, just overwhelm them. Brandon Clark tap outs, like just get all over to offensive glass and play up tempo and just try to really take it to the Warriors and muck this game up and be the more, be, you know, take advantage of them in terms of size. Like I thought the Warriors were very comfortable in game one, which is not what I would have expected to say about uh, this this series with how Memphis and their toughness uh, can, can be really um, imposing. So, I'm going to go with Grizzlies plus two here. Um, and I think maybe a Grizzlies team total over. Uh, it's at 113. What do, what do you think of that? Yeah, I think that this is kind of similar to what happened in round one against Minnesota, right? Like uh, Minnesota came in in game one, punched them in the mouth. Uh, Minnesota won that game by 13. Golden State comes in game one. Uh, you know, they get the victory barely. But I think this is a, the, the home run spot, again, for Memphis here in game two to, um, you know, not only cover the spread, but also get the outright victory. And I agree with you about the team total here is that, um, you know, kind of go back to game two of the series at home. They scored 124 points, got up 116 last night on, we could say a bad shooting night. You know, they were, I mean, they were 40% from a uh, three point land. And I expect them to, attack the basket a lot more in this game. I think John Moran, you know, we keep talking about John Moran's going to be more efficient, more efficient, but he's going to get up to shots no matter what happens. I mean, he had 11 three-point attempts in this game against the Golden State Warriors, was able to knock down four of them, but he was 14 of 31 overall. So I expect him to attack the basket more, get to the free throw line a little more. He only had three free throw throw attempts in this game. Um, Triple J may not have the performance that he did in game one, but I expect him to, you know, drop 18 plus probably get around that 20 point range. And I think the guy that I'm really looking out for to bounce back in game two is going to be Desmond Bain, right? He was three of 10 from the floor, only one of five from three point land. And he was an absolute sniper in the round one against the Minnesota Timberwolves. So I do like that call by Memphis uh, team total over, uh, over the, what was that? One thirteen and a half and a half sec. Yeah. One thir- uh one thirteen flat. Yeah, so I like, it. I, I, yeah. And, and I think going back to what you said about the three point shooting, like, yeah, you're not going to look at 40% three-point shooting as a team, as, an, as a regression-type angle. But in, like, they didn't have their normal shot diet, right? John Moran took 11 threes, and, and yeah. Jaron, who does shoot him, uh, had nine. But, you know, if you're the Warriors, you're happy with Jaron and Ja combining for seven more threes than Brooks and Bain, yeah, uh, right? 100%. So, you know, they only got a 13 threes between the two of them. So hopefully yeah. you kind of flip that production. You tell Ja, you know, fly downhill at the rim, Um and, you know, put pressure on the rim, kind of like what we saw with Denver when they quietly kind of turned that series around in games three, four, and five. They, you know, they lost two of those games, but thought they really started to, they, they, they got comfortable against the Warriors as that season went along, or that series went along, and they realized that it's all about kind of trying to put pressure on the, on the rim, uh, get inside, and then on defense, just kind of fight for your life and, um, you know, uh, stick with it. So I, I like yeah. Memphis in this game. And, yeah, <laughs> excuse me. Um, yeah, Brooks and Bain three point shooting, I think, could be something to target. Like the, that team total goes over if they're, you know, if, if the whole gang is eating off of Jaws rim pressure. Yeah. Um, one player problem I do like in this game is going to be John Morant's uh, rebounds and assists combined to go over uh, 16 and a half. And nice. 
you know, he's been over the, he's been getting close to this triple double um, watch. And I, I mean, in game one, he found one rebound short. Uh, and if you kind of go back to the Minnesota series, there was, I think two instances where he was either an assist short or a rebound short of getting a triple double. And I think 16 and a half is a little conservative. They played so far seven games um, in this uh, playoff run so far in six of the seven games, he's gone over the 16 and a half projection and what I'm seeing right now for his points and rebounds combined. So I think that's one player prop that I do love for this game um, for John Morant. Uh, anything else I want to stick out to you as far as the game or player props before we uh, give out our best bets here, Zach? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited. I'm, ex- I'm really excited for a game too. I think this, this is a type of series that should have a ton of great games with it. And so, uh, such fun players to watch. Also, I, I, uh, Zaire Williams just got, I just, as I, as we record Zaire Williams upgraded the questionable for tomorrow. So okay. he's a guy who quietly had, you know, been hanging around in their rotation. Um, mm-hmm. Steven Adams out again. So, yeah. uh, Desmond Bain questionable also. Oh, okay. So, wow. Yeah. So definitely keep I mean, an eye out for it. Yeah, keep an eye out for this injury report. Bain, Williams, uh, both factor in pretty heavily there. Do you see what, it's, what it is for Desmond Bain? Desmond Bain back questionable on Tuesday. Um, okay. Let's see if there's any information. I, I assume he'd play. I, yeah. there, there, there was some – There was, I mean, he didn't play great in game one, and there was some kind of – He was limping was some, a little bit. He was limping a little bit, and there was yeah. talk like, oh, the reason why Desmond Bain isn't playing well is because of it. Yeah, lower back soreness for Desmond Bain. Pretty, okay. Pretty, pretty Grizzlies. Yeah, so definitely keep an eye out for that injury report, um, you know, actually for both of these games uh, tomorrow with, with Marcus Smart, questionable for the Boston Celtics, and uh, some more um, players on the injury report for the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, one more player that I did want to highlight quickly before we get to our picks here, Zach, Brandon Clark rebounds. Um, if it's anything at eight and a half or nine and a half, there's no reason this guy shouldn't be in double digits for the Memphis Grizzlies. I think Taylor Jenkins has done a great job of making that adjustment from uh, Steven Adams out of the lineup. And in, I know starting Xavier Tillman, but Brandon Clark getting most of the minutes at that center position. He's done a great job, you know, getting offensive rebounds and, and, you know, putting those shots back up and creating those second chance opportunities from Memphis. So, um, you know, those bench players or those role players, those props usually drop a little later in the day. So definitely uh, wait for that uh, Brandon Clark number. I'd like his points to go over and even his rebounds. So if you could get a combination of points and rebounds, I do like that to get over for uh, Brandon Clark. Um. Let's get into our picks here, Zach. Uh, I know it's only two games, so we usually do a lock and dog. But if you do have a lock and dog, or if you just have one best bet or a player prop, anything that you want to give out as your best bets, uh, I'll, I'll give you the floor first, my man. Yeah, uh, for my lock, I'll go with the Grizzlies plus two. Okay. Um, and for my dog, yeah, how about is it a parlay of the Grizzlies with the over <laughs> in that yeah, game? I mean, that, I mean, yeah. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, yeah. something like I'm, that. How about that? You know, it's some combination of the Grizzlies and Grizzlies team total over. I like this game goes over, and then uh, Al Horford over ten and a half points as well in Celtics Bucks. Yeah, a little same game parlay there. Uh, whatever gets it a plus odds. So Memphis plus the two, and then uh, team totals to go over if your book does allow that. Um, but obviously, uh, over on win bet, you can always build your own bet, um, and that'll they'll let you do those parlays, a little fun little same game parlay. So uh, lock for Zach. Plus the two with the Grizzlies. Um, and then um, for his dog, you're maybe a little parlay put together with the Grizzlies plus the two and um, team total for Grizzlies over 113. And then Al Horford over 10 and a half points as a player prop to consider as well from Zach. 
Um, yeah, I'm going to lock up the same thing, man. I, I think that, again, this is going to be the home run spot for the, Mem- uh, sorry for, yeah, for the Memphis Grizzlies as it was in round one, dropped game one at home, responded in game two, even up the series before they had to head out on the road. I think it's a must win situation. And I've said it more, you know, time and time again, you don't want to go down Oh, two against his Warriors team. So I think they bounce back here um, and get the victory before they head over to California in game three against the Warriors. So I'll lock that up um, for my ooh, dog here. Um, if your book, I mean, most books allow that maybe find, find an alternate line for the Memphis Grizzlies. I think that might be a way to attack it. Uh, maybe like a minus two minus three, that could probably get you up to a plus one twenty, plus one thirty. Um, but you know, again, with only two games, it's really hard to pick uh, a dog as well when you don't really have like a dog, but I think we're going to lock up both the Memphis Grizzlies here. Um, my player prop again, that John Moran one, I really love it points, sorry, for rebounds and assists combined over 16 and a half. He's done it in six out of seven games so far for the Memphis Grizzlies, just filling up the stat sheet. So uh, I think that number is a little conservative. So I would definitely hop on that for uh, John Moran. Expect him to have a a great game and maybe even, you know, put together a triple double for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, That's going to do it, Zach. Uh, Another episode in the book for the NBA gambling podcast. Uh, These pods are going to get shorter and shorter as we kind of get along before we get into the off season. But you know, we're into the round two conference semifinals. Before we know it, it'll be the conference uh, finals and and soon enough, the NBA finals. But um, anything else you kind of want to get off your chest before we get out of here, my man? No, uh, I will say we had we had Saturday night with no games. And then I think we have a couple more nights, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks, obviously, with no games. So yeah. I know you do baseball. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't watch baseball. So more time, more free time, time to read stuff like that. Catch I definitely catch up on reading this summer. Um, there you go. <laughs> um, on the, on the, on the non game nights. That's the last thing uh, for the show. Now, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely more time to spend with the, uh, the wife and the fiance and the girlfriends um, uh, with NBA season winding down for you, uh, not baseball fans, but Maybe a good time to get into baseball and join us on the MLB Gambling Podcast yes. if you need some uh, need some betting or need some action once the NBA is over. So definitely check us out on the MLB Gambling Podcast. Hockey playoffs also kicking off today, so check those guys out. They've been grinding, putting out their picks. Uh, USFL, all the great stuff happening. And again, NFL's the king of the land, so there's always uh, you know something going on with Sean and Ryan on the mothership, whether it's early win totals prop bets, uh, awards markets, all that good stuff. So we'll be wrapping that up as well on the prop cast. Uh, Zach, thank you so much for joining me, my man. We will be back next week. Uh, we'll discuss more of the NBA playoffs. And then Terrell and I will be back on Wednesday to break down everything that we saw on Tuesday night, as well as get into the Wednesday games for the NBA playoffs. Uh, with that being said, you can find Zach on Twitter at NBA Zach B. You can find me on Twitter at sports nerd eight two four. Make sure to download the app, the SGPN app. Just go to your App Store or Google Play Store. Just put in SGPN. You'll see the black and red logo pop up. And do us a favor. Leave us a rating and review for the NBA Gambling Podcast. It's always much appreciated. Uh, our loyal listeners and fans have been dropping those uh, in the – or leaving us a rating, and, a rating and review. Helps us grow, grow on the charts. and It always looks uh, good uh, in front of the bosses as well. So uh, definitely do us a favor and leave that. Um, Good luck with your bets tonight. Like I said, we'll be back on Wednesday. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Ba-da-ba-da.